this podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. What's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is Viewers Anonymous, man. How you feeling today? Man, feeling good, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Listen to a few pods today, man. Got some stuff in the works. Um, you know what I'm saying? About to do this next 15 minutes of fame. Got an exciting episode coming up. Can't wait to uh, record tomorrow. I think the people are really going to enjoy this one. It's not going to be the usual 15 minutes of fame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is going to be I'm laughing because I know people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to make it as informative as possible. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that the the, um, the content that's going to be covered is, is very perceived as, you know what I'm saying? It, it has a very negative perception. I think that's a better way to put it. Um, so I'm, I want to do my best to, you know, try to put a, a better spotlight on it from, you know what I'm saying, compared to how, you know what I'm saying, it's commonly looked at. And I, I think that, you know what I'm saying, the the work I'm about to put in is definitely um, going to do some justice. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure you got it, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I took a lot of my yeah. interviewing skills. Um, from you because I don't have a lot of experience at it. Even though I've been doing podcasts, you know, for four years, like a lot of the times, like it's just been me and Unk and then a few people from here and there. Mm -hmm. So, but then I always try to do it like a conversation anyway. So it's never like the situation where it's like I got these, even, even when I had the podcast with Willie, like, yeah, I had questions. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I tried to make it as conversational as possible so it didn't come off like an interview. Right. And like that's and, and like I say, I always got that. Um, Like when I listen to podcasts, like, you know, I like the way you do your stuff. But, you know, I always and, and I respect Rogan. But I always go back to this, man. I always go back. Reggio say, man, come back, Jack. Like, come I back, felt Jack, like maybe rest in I peace. I felt like. Yes, sir. Like I feel like he had that formula, man. It was just something different about him. And I, I just said, man, you know, this yeah. is a great person to try to model myself after as far as when I'm doing a podcast with people that that's not my co-host. Like like I was telling you when I text you today, I was just like because you text me about the E in the um, um, podcast and and I just told you that Damn, what did I tell you? I done lost my whole train of thought there. What about but, E? Um, or about the oh, podcast oh. E? Yeah, and I was telling you, I said, when it comes to you, I'm more comfortable with you. I said, because yeah. like, I'm, getting, I'm getting more comfortable with doing podcasts with people that I don't normally do podcasts with. But like me and mm -hmm. you've been working together for so long, it's just like, shit, this, this ain't nothing what we do. But like when you're doing it with somebody else, it's just it's it's a different feel, you know what I'm saying? It's a different type of pressure. Now with E, it wasn't really like that much of a 
like that much pressure because he's a podcaster. He gets it. Right. He knows the whole flow of the shit. So he knows how to just do it a little different from people who don't normally do podcasts. So that thing, it went like a like a breeze. And even even a guy like Willie, like it seems like he's been interviewed before. But I mean, damn, this dude was interviewed during a movie, a, a documentary. So that yeah. even went a whole lot even better than I thought that it even would. So, but yeah, man, it, this this um this whole podcasting thing, man, I, I think you uh like what you got lined up. It's gonna be very interesting, man. And listen to me, man. I'll be taking all day to put it out, man. Cause I need to, I need to hear this. Cause this is, this is gonna be, this is gonna be interesting, y'all. I'm telling y'all, this next 15 minutes of fame is going to be very, very interesting, man. Very interesting. Well, I think the, I think the, um, the easiest thing for me with 15 minutes of fame is that, you know, what I'm saying like I don't do video um, with mm-hmm. the podcast. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, with that, it just strictly, you know, record, edit, boom. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm I'm posting it right up. Um, with this one, it's a little different because, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm still trying to get used to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we do, a, we do a live. Well, when we first started, it was, you know what I'm saying, get recorded, edited, posted to YouTube, and then recorded, edited, you know what I'm saying, posted to uh, um anchor so now it's just only thing i have to do is basically we've been going live so now that i gotta do is just same thing record you know what i'm saying edit and then go straight to anchor so i mean you know what i'm saying it's, it's one of those things where i'm you know i was i was off for a minute i'm getting back in my groove trying to get that same you know what i'm saying um trying to get that same work ethic back man i think that once i got through with uh already home i kind of lost a little bit of that that hustle, that grind. So slowly mm-hmm. but surely, since I've been, you know what I'm saying, doing this pod with you, I've been getting that back and getting back into that that mindset, that mode of just, you know what I'm saying, making sure that I'm doing the due diligence to, you know what I'm saying, watch the projects that we'll be doing the podcast on and making sure that I'm taking notes on certain things, you know what I'm saying, just getting back into that that um, that process more, you know what I'm saying, for lack of a better word. But it's 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 getting there, man. You know what I'm saying? It's getting there. I've been I've been gathering some new equipment and everything. And, um, all I got left is is to get this. I'm trying to get my laptop back. Once I get my laptop back, all of this shit would be a thousand times easier. But you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm working with so many different pieces of equipment right now. It's just you know, it's a little bit of a hassle, but it's um it's a great learning experience. Oh yeah, and see what that says is you could do more. With less, you know what I'm saying? Like, and see, and that's and that yeah. that right there. Like when you yeah. listen to a lot of dudes that's like <clears throat> rappers and stuff. Like when they first started, it's like a lot of the underground stuff. When like when they was you know record like like Drake said, you weren't with me when I was recording in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when you listen to like a lot of that early stuff of some of these other rappers and stuff, everything sounded so different because that hunger was there. And you're working with a lot less, and then it's like yeah. sometimes like like something E had brought up. You know, he was talking about yeah, like you know what I'm saying. My brother Siege is the the engineer, and I got this dude to do this. And I'm like shit, but I'm the engineer, I'm the the editor, I'm I'm everything. You know, it's like I wouldn't even know how to act, dude. Like if this podcast took another level, and it's just like yo, like 
we we doing it this way. You know what I'm saying? We got we got these dudes that's gonna record it, edit, and timestamp it and all that stuff. Yeah, that shouldn't be so much easier, bro. If I if all I gotta do is just show up and record, that, well, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm out of here, bro. I'm out of here. Well, I, so, I mean, I, I understand why, you know what I'm saying, like, why people go to, you know, studios and why they try to create a team and everything around it. Because that's, that's initially what I was trying to do when I started already home. Like, I was trying to hit up people and um, asking them, did they want to, you know, be interns? Like, you know, did you want to engineer for a podcast or would you like to do, you know, digital work for podcasts? And, of course, at the time, we couldn't pay them for it, but I was just trying to tell them, like, yo, you know, the more that we work together and the more that we build this, you know, team, like, it's going to be easier for us to get to certain places and do certain things and start making money. But, of course, you know what I'm saying, people want stuff that's tangible and they don't want to see the dream until it's actually, you know, saying reality, so. It didn't kind of work out like I wanted it to, but the good thing about it is, you know what I'm saying, that I, I kind of learned um, how to edit everything myself. I kind of learned how to, you know, work on um, the, the engineering part. And I taught myself how to do, um, you know, the graphic work and create graphics. And, you know, I taught myself all these different situations. Like, you know, I learned about audio software and then I'm learning about you know StreamYard as we going along learning about Anchor and I'm finding all these different you know platforms and softwares to use to you know what I'm saying to create podcasts and the, you know the distribute podcasts the edit podcasts um so yeah man it's like I said man it's it's been a it's been a a, a long trip but it, it's been worth it you know what I'm saying so I really ain't got too many complaints man <clears throat> Yes, sir, man. Same here, man. Same here. But man, we go. <clears throat> we're gonna get into it, man. This this uh this podcast, like you you um you know to elaborate on more what you were saying when you said that it was gonna be fun, like you didn't like yeah. you was meaning like yo like when like when we get in front of this and and we start doing this, it's just like it's it's hard to explain to people who don't do it. You know what I'm saying? And because, like, once they see yeah, what the subject I, matter, I can tell you a little, a little bit about what I meant, right? Like, when I said that it's gonna be a fun podcast, the reason I said that was because um, there's not too many times we get to do podcasts on like certain documentaries, right? So when we did Outcry, Outcry was already out. That was something mm-hmm. that had. You know what I'm saying? That we had to actually go back and watch. Um, with this particular documentary, this is one that, you know what I'm saying, we, we've been following since it came out. So this is like fresh in our minds. This is fairly new. You know what I'm saying? We we kind of took everything that we knew beforehand and then applied it to what we've been seeing and learning since these episodes have been coming out. And so for me, it was like, yo, this is this is going to be a chance to really dig into something and talk about something that's important to talk about, you know what I'm saying, something serious and, and really, you know what I'm saying, get some information out there or at least, you know, really get something out there that, that'll help this documentary be seen and, and really see, you know what I'm saying, like the kind of people that's involved in these situations. So that's what I, 
you know what I'm saying, meant when I said that it's going to be fun, not necessarily the um, the content or the theme of what we're talking about. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for sure, man, because this is, is definitely – a deep subject, man. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a thing that's there's a lot of it's it's a problem, and it's not an American problem. It's a, it's a world problem. Um, yeah, this thing that we that we're doing today, and for the people, um, we're doing Allen versus Pharaoh. Um, you know, um, this is the documentary about the creep Woody Allen. Um, my thing. This mm-hmm. is my thing with Woody Allen, man. Like, it was something like you know he like seventy nine films or some type of shit like that. He written and directed and all that type of stuff. And it's it's hard 72. for me to credit the seventy two. It's it's hard for me to say yeah. like this is my thing. I'm one of those type of people because there's you, you can say it's hard to judge something if you never seen it, right? But at the same time, I feel mm-hmm. like if something in, in my eyes, if something in my eyes is great, I'm gonna stumble across it somehow. I haven't stumbled across like, any of those dudes' movies. You know what I'm saying? So for for people to I say know. like I don't know if you not, haven't seen you you might have seen one of his movies, bro. I don't I don't know, dude. I don't, like when they were showing like this like the uh they was flipping through the ones. And all of this stuff, and they're just like, yo, like, I haven't seen any of these joints. And, like, everybody's calling him the yeah. genius and stuff because he was, like, really, like, the dude that started doing stuff before, like, that a lot of people just started doing, like, a couple of years ago. Maybe, like, in the last, like, two decades. It wasn't a lot of people who mm-hmm. wrote it, directed it, and starred in it. So, do you want to give him a look? Right. Yeah, I, whatever. But, as far as mm-hmm. when you start seeing, like, I remember, like, okay, before we get there, we get there a little bit, but so I got a story to tell, right? So, Mia Farrow, yeah. right? Now, the last mm-hmm. time I personally seen her was The Omen, the one that came out, I think, two thousand and six. She was the uh, she was the the nanny lady of uh, Damon, and I didn't know who she was. I just, you know, seen this old lady or whatever. And then once I started watching this, I was like, yo, that's the lady from The Omen. That's where I know her from, right? But... (laughs) (laughs) Check this out. So, so, so story time, right? So back when I I was in high school, I worked with a dude when I worked at Wendy's. And like he was right up my alley, man. Like he loved horror films. Um, we used to go to work, and we would, you know, I'll tell him about this film. He'll tell me about that film. And so we got on the subject of, well, he got on the subject of Rosemary's Baby. He was like, "Dude, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen." You know, so I'm like, "Man, it can't be that good." Yeah. He's like, "Man, I'm telling you, man, no, no, no." So, man, I watched this movie. Three hours. Okay, let's say the movie is three hours and 15 minutes, right? Three hours of Mm -hmm. trash. Like, trash. And then the whole moral of the story is she's carrying the the devil's baby. Like, that was the scary thing about it. 
So I'm like, yo, I went back and told that dude, look, man, that movie was boring. I fell asleep on that shit like three times. I even tried to watch it again as an adult. And I was like, yo, I don't get it. Come to find out, it's Mia Farrow. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. I didn't know that was her. But um, it's as far as like them, like, cause see, obviously, like it showed us in the thing that she did like like 10, 12, 15 films with Woody Allen. Because like they was, mm-hmm. you know, they was a family and like this is the way that you know she could do her work and all of this type stuff. And right. what was disappointing about it, and like we're gonna we're gonna get into the, the, the fucked up stuff. I just wanted to start a little light and then we'll get into it. I I, but, I, I think we're on a good foot. And and I was I was very disappointed of how he shut her livelihood down. I thought that was bullshit because it was like for her to be doing the things that she was doing, like, dude, like she was a great Samaritan. Like she didn't, she didn't show any type of, she adopted white kids, black kids, Vietnamese kids. I don't know what all of them were, you know, Asian descent, all this type stuff. Like, and then this is the thing. She didn't just take, I don't I don't like to say the word normal, but like she took kids with disformity, she took kids with a disability, let's say that. So a lot of people don't understand like what it's like raising a child, you know what I'm saying, with a disability. Like I have a child that, you know, considered to have a disability. And like I don't she, think people would choose in a, that. In a way she was like a safe haven. Yeah. And like some people criticize those people for for adopting these kids like out of these countries. Like I know some people get on Charlie's Theron about, you know, her adopting like black kids and stuff, but it's just like I feel like if 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 they're gonna do if they're gonna give them a better home than the position that they were in, like I think I think it's fair game. But it uh, I'm I'm gonna shut up, but I, I just think that to railroad a, a, a good woman like this, like the, like that he did, that was just a, a huge disservice to humanity, man. Mm-hmm. Um, man, listen, I um, my initial, well, I'm not gonna say my initial thoughts, but but my my surface thoughts on watching this was, you know, what I'm saying kind of just what I've already heard, you know, what I'm saying previously that, you know, he married, um one of his adopted daughters and then you know that was really pretty much all I've heard about Woody Allen and then of course you know that the whole him being a pedophile thing but it was always based around him marrying his adopted daughter I I never knew about this um this situation with his daughter Dylan now the the crazy thing for me, right, was that watching this, I I kind of learned a lot. And to be honest with you, like I I'm not gonna say that <laughs> I'm not gonna say that like there's any doubt in my mind that he didn't do it. But like, listen, dude did this. 
dude is guilty. Okay, mm-hmm. like there were there were so many there were so many things that they brought up in his documentary, and I know like a lot of people when they they listen or they watch documentaries and or they would listen to a podcast that would talk about something like this. Initially, the um the theme of it, right, the plot of it, or whatever you want to call it, I say theme, but you know, what I'm saying is to make whoever that you know, what I'm saying whoever is the focus point. Usually, it's to make them look like the bad guy, or it's to make them look like the good guy. Like there's a there's a motive for it, right? Um, whatever whatever that motive was, which to me seemed as if they were trying to make him look guilty. I don't I don't see where you could look at that and watch that and say, nah, he's not guilty. Even then, like when he would talk about the memoirs, um, you know what I'm saying, in the in the last episode where, you know, they talked about how uh, his daughter Dylan had wrote the letter, the open letter, and then it got put up on the New York Times blog. The first thing he did was he went right back to attacking Mia Farrell. And it was so weird that he did that, like, you know what I'm saying? And she brought up a great point. She said, well, you know what I'm saying, how could you attack her at the time she was only seven? So, you know, he understood how that would look at towards him. So his only uh-huh. thing was to say that, you know, um, Mia Farrow was a bad mother and all this other stuff. When it, it, It's clear that she wasn't. You know what I'm saying? We can, you can kind of see how her children were responding to her in the videos and everything else. Like, they weren't really standoffish or anything like that. They didn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, it just seemed that they were in a happy mood. And, of course, we only seen, you know, like maybe a couple minutes of a, a, of one or two videotapes. But usually, you know what I'm saying, it'll, it'll be some type of evidence to show that, uh, you know, they really weren't into it with her. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me about this whole thing, right, was I, I believe it was in the first episode they were talking about how um she had met Woody Allen and they had just started getting together and um they were talking about the relationship or whatever and he said he didn't want to marry her. That's the that was one of the things that stuck out. But you know she was explaining to him that she wanted a family and stuff like that. So he was like, okay, we could have a family, but I'm going to be over here and you can raise the family over here. So that was one thing that always seemed weird to me. And then there was a, uh, I want to say it was the same conversation, but it was something else that he said, like that they, they weren't, they don't, they don't call me dad. They call me Woody or something like, like basically he just was like, they, I don't want them calling me dad. He didn't sign any of the birth certificates. Like it was just weird that he would be this, this distant in this, you know, this so standoffish towards his children. And that's the thing like that was always odd to me in this, in the, in these four episodes, like how, you know, certain kids would be towards him or, you know, certain kids wouldn't, you didn't really hear about certain kids' relationship with him. But I know Moses was the one that they were saying that kind of looked up to him like, you know, the the most. Um, And of course he would because, you know, that's his dad. But they also talked about the kind of the relationship he had with 
um, the children she had from the uh, what's the was that Pervin? I think that was her name. first husband. Yeah, her first husband. So well, her her only husband for real because she only got only married husband, once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, dude ain't married, so it was like it was kind of crazy, you know, saying to hear about that, and then um, another thing was that. You know, she had mentioned that it was like some weird, it was like some weird activity going on in like the first or second episode. I, I, I think it was the first, but she had mentioned like it was some weird activity going on. Like she had, had mentioned him, you know, on his knees with his head in her lap. And, you know, saying she walked in and she was like, yo, what the, basically she was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not that's not appropriate, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't let you do that. And that's initially what caused I think that's initially what kind of caused that rift between him and her and what kind of made him have that um that malice against her. Because he uh when they were um when they were playing his uh audio book, he had he was mentioning how you know, Dylan was the special one and that was the one that he loved the most and, you know, he had that special relationship with her and blah, 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 blah. And he just was, you know, so you could you could tell, like, you know, she was saying that he was spending so much time with her and he would, you know, he would treat her different than he treated everybody else. So it just seemed as if, like, that, that was a red flag for me, let me say that. But I'll go ahead and let you go, you know what I'm saying, on to the next one. That was that was a red flag, and what was what caught me off guard was because see the thing is, I was hearing things about Woody Allen, um, you know, through like the Joe Button podcast or Dan Levitar. He talked about it on his podcast, so and they were saying that he married his daughter. So I'm I'm like waiting to see, like, because I didn't know. It ended up being another one. And the weird thing was he had this special bond with Dylan. But he married with mm-hmm. Sonya. And like they made it seem yeah, like Sonya, yep. it, that he didn't it was like I wonder was that a like a bait and switch because he showed Dylan all the attention, but was he grooming Song Yi behind the scenes and just nobody noticed it? You know what I'm saying? And I thought that yeah, what was because what they was talked out- about how how standoffish she was in, in in public. Yeah, yeah. And so what was striking to me, like, okay, right in the fourth episode, I know Dylan don't like this, but. She was saying she was tired of hearing people say separating the the work from the person. Right? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I personally, even though he got some joints out here, and honestly, like if everybody take all of that out, nobody do <laughs> I still haven't thought of a person that want to see this dude in the verses. But the reason why I stopped listening to R. Kelly music 
was because he put his work in the nasty shit that he was doing. Yep. Woody Allen did the same shit. And like they kept referencing the Manhattan movie. In which I, I get it. It, it. it was a great movie to to reference. The fact of like they even was had like like proof written stuff where he started out, oh she's twenty two, and then he dropped it to twenty one. And then he was like, oh, well, maybe she's 16. And then he settled in on 17. And it was just like, you 30-something years old. And you got a whole movie out here about you being in a relationship with a 17-year-old, but you're telling her to, hey, you know, I want you to do your own thing. I want you to, you know, he's telling her to see other people and all of this stuff. But like, but like they got this relationship going and like he made it, he tried to normalize it, you know, using his art. And like Manhattan from from what this made it seem like, it seemed like Manhattan won like a lot of awards and shit. So it's like yeah. he's he's getting praised, but it's like when you look at the work, it's like, y'all, like this dude is making it normal for a 30-something-year-old man to be in a relationship with a 17-year-old girl. So he, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. the only time that he done it, but like Manhattan was the one that they kept referencing. And then when you think about Sonya, her school was down the street from where he stayed. And Sonya started, and even, and they had, dude, the investigative reporting on this was on point, dude. They talked to the maid who cleaned up the bed, and they was like, yo, it used to be condom rappers and like like Sonya would come in and then Sonya would leave and it was condom rappers, condoms everywhere and semen all over the bed and I, all this type stuff. Because he tried to say that he didn't start messing with her till she was in college, till she was like 20, 21 or something like that. But like the maid was like, nah, like mm-hmm. he was fucking this girl when she was in high school, when she was 17 years old. And it's just like... Right. That like I, I can't I can't even though like I said I I don't know much about his work I I mean look maybe you're right maybe I seen something that just had no idea but like it wasn't anything that was memorable for me to be like yo like that's one of my favorite movies and it was it was really to me like it was it was I I was looking at this like because I didn't know I mean like everything was was told to me like. I got secondhand information. Like I said, I, I I've heard it on two different podcasts, and I didn't really know much about the situation. But what was what was what was what was sad to me was when, and I think it was ninety ninety three. In ninety three, mm-hmm. this dude had ended up being, you know, acquitted for what he done. Or whatever, and for I mean, no, listen, he didn't get acquitted. Remember, they never, they never. Well, took they, it, but they never, trial. yeah, they never took they it never to trial because him. because Mako thought that Dylan been through enough, and mm-hmm. it was it was you know no need to put this girl through this anymore, and there was no social media back then. Yes, I know that, but it was just like. For the academy, and you know, there's there's some shit 
like if if, if you was a sex offender, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't make jokes about like, you know, standing by a school zone or some shit, right? Because you know, when you're a sex offender, you you're supposed to be, you know, so many you feet was, away from a school, right? If you was Woody Allen, you would. <laughs> okay. This dude went. I think it was the 2001, I believe, Academy Awards. Went on there and made a joke about, yo, I thought. That when they called me, they called me because they was taking my Academy Awards away from me. Yeah. And people started like, yeah. I'm like, yo, y'all so fun. Yeah. like, and I know it was a lot of yeah. actors and actresses that we loved that was probably in that room. Yo, you well, laughed at that. That, that was I think that um we we seen this. On multiple occasions, right? Um, probably one of the one of the biggest examples was of the Harvey Weinstein situation. Um, mm-hmm. you had you had all these actresses come out and tell their story, and at the time, of course, their alleged stories, and you know, you kind of was thinking in your head, you know, like in the back of your head, you, you kind of, especially like when they would show pictures of him and shit like that, you look at him, you'd be like, yeah, I can see it. You know what I mean? Like, he, he seems like he's one of those, like, power-hungry type dudes. Like, I can see it. Um, And so, you know, you had so many different people in Hollywood and then uh, and, and other entertainment industries kind of supporting Weinstein, right? The same way that you had all these people supporting Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, with Woody Allen, like you, what, what I think, you know, so we have to really remember is like this dude was a Hollywood giant. You know what I'm saying? Like he was one of the, you know what I'm saying, heralded as one of the greatest writers, heralded as one of the greatest producers. And so when we're talking about this guy, like, you got to realize, like, you know, for him to keep creating these movies and the Academy keeps giving him all of these nominations, all of these wins, like, um, where, let me see, dude has... They don't even they don't even show it. Oh yeah, dude has two hundred and twenty six nominations and a, and a hundred and forty wins. Four of them being Oscars. So that just that just goes to show you just the type of uh, the type of image he held. You know what I'm saying, like. Mm-hmm. Even when, you know what I'm saying, like you think about the early 90s, right? Um, we're talking about Knicks games and, you know, he on the at, on the front row at, an, at Knicks games and people walking up to him and, you know what I'm saying, talking about how much they love him. You know what I'm saying? We heard when the, the writer for the New York Times just talked about how he looked at Lee Allen as a hero, you know what I'm saying, in the days and he would he would be specifically writing – he he got into entertainment writing and started writing about how great Woody Allen was, and he would talk. You know, he would always criticize his movies but give them great ratings. And I mean, like 
dude was a giant. And then it showed how much influence he had, how much power he had when these accusations come out. Because then it's like the newspapers are not giving uh, Mia Farrow or Dylan Farrow the benefit of the doubt. They're like, yo, you know, saying accusations against Woody uh, Allen and, you know, headlines are um, saying like, you know, Mia Farrow scorned and uh you know jilted lover i mean like they they are really the and he's not even doing this this is just the the newspapers the newspapers are making her seem as if you know she's pissed off because they're not together anymore and you know um they they broke up you know what i'm saying And, and now that she's trying to coach dylan into saying these things and then they go into, and this and to me, this was the this was the best part of the documentary. You said it like when they when they when they went to investigative journalism. This is top notch. So they talk about the um, the Yale New Haven institution, right? And then they mm-hmm. take Dylan there, and then they give her the evaluation and everything else. And then um, it was. I think it was the district attorney who said that, who, who gave the order to do it. So the district attorney, yeah, it was district attorney. He gives them the order to go to Yale New Haven evaluate Dylan Farrell, right? They do the evaluation, and it's um, John, I think his name was Leventhal, and then it was, uh, he had two people up under, two women up under him that was doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> they do the evaluation, get the get the evaluation back. And in the evaluation, it says that Woody Allen didn't do it. Now, how do you just how do you just type that into an evaluation? Like an evaluation is not an investigation. An evaluation is basically trying to get evidence to see whether or not you know, you should go forward with this investigation to see if there's any type of evidence that will basically either go against or for your claim. So not only do they do the evaluation, but they call Mia Farrow, and then they call Woody Allen, who the investigation is against. He's not even supposed to know about this. They didn't go to the DA first. I didn't even think they went to the DA. They went straight to Woody Allen, and then they let him announce the results. So that goes, that just goes to show you just how much influence and power that this dude has. The fact that they didn't even follow proper procedure. And then not only did they give him the information when he wasn't even supposed to know that this was going on, the the uh the Leventhal dude tells the two ladies up under him and the rest of the and the rest of the staff to destroy all your notes. And, then, and that's evidence. That's all evidence. So the only thing that stands is this basically this uh, this evaluation. You don't have any notes to go off of. Um you don't have any kind of contact with any of these people. Leventhal won't talk to anybody. So it's just like how do you how do you expect somebody who can 
who can reach that type of power and, and get, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you expect him to really look like a, like a menace, like a monster, when you can't even get people to properly do their job for a child? Knowing what the allegations are, knowing what was said about him, that's not something that, you know what I'm saying, you play with. Like, to me, I feel like if you really want to make Mia Farrell look like a bad mother, if you really want to make her, uh, um, like he said, you know, she's an abuser and she's coaching this young, this, this, their daughter, then basically wouldn't you go through with everything to prove that you didn't do anything, you know what I'm saying, wrong, to prove that you're not guilty? So when everything is done and said, then you can say, see, look, I told y'all, she's still mad that we not together. See, look, she even got my daughter saying all this crazy shit, but that didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? None of this happened. Instead, you got the newspapers going on the campaign. You got the the um the the, the psych evaluation people on your side, and now it's like, what are we supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? How do we? How do we make? How, how are they supposed to continue down this path to make dude seem like what he is? And then, like, even like the real interviews that they show. Um, he was doing one and he was like, you know, they're trying to say I'm a pedophile. He was like, when when do someone become a pedophile? Like he said, wouldn't he was like, wouldn't you be a pedophile like in your in like in your thirties or some type of shit he said. You know, yeah, he was he was, was like, saying like wouldn't I have done it earlier? I had I had plenty of chances to do it. That shit was so crazy. I'm like, Yeah, and it's like dude talking about. Yeah, and I'm like, yo. This dude is it's fucking nuts. And like it's like, you know, when somebody it's that whole phrase of the, you know, what is the last this go to the place, the last place they expect you to go, type of thing. And it and like he was saying things that oh yeah. well nobody he will expect me to say this. Yeah, exactly. He was hiding in plain sight because he was but the thing is, he's been doing it for years and he was doing it through his movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's he's showing you, and, and but he, what he's yeah. doing, he's he, the same way he was trying to groom Dylan, the way he groomed Sonya, he was trying to groom his consumers into saying that, yo, this is acceptable, yeah. this is fine. You remember the uh, I can't remember if he was going for a Senate seat, or he was the I think he was going for mayor, he was he was going for re election. His mayor in Alabama had uh had uh, sexual allegations against this young girl. And so they had this, uh, oh, what do you call them? That, like a panel of people from Alabama. It was on CNN and everything, my guy. And so they asked this guy about these allegations. And this is what this motherfucker said. He said, well, you know, 30 years ago, we would have been proud to give our daughters to uh, uh, an established man like that, you know, at that age. And it's like, first of all, it's not 30 years ago, but at the same time, like, what kind of thinking is that? Like, right. a father is like, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, my daughter's 15, but you know what? You're a mayor. Go ahead and go with him. Like, like it's just... <sighs> He, he he was he was grooming his people in his film, and that's why he had so many people to come out and defend him. Because then you had people that was he helped start some people's careers. And like this is the yeah. thing, you can be you can be 
you know, an Aaliyah. Well, not, not necessarily Aaliyah, but like R. Kelly put people on, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you can thank R. Kelly and you can be like, yo, I appreciate him giving me my start, him seeing my talent. But you know what? But within that same breath, but what he's doing or what he done is wrong. Like I don't see nothing. Yeah. I don't see nothing wrong with that. If if you call a spade a spade, you know what I'm saying. Whether you help me, whether you start my career or not, and then like it was great to start seeing. What what I do? I don't oh, even notice it. Oh. <laughs> Hey, I, that shit just came out, but I ain't even, I ain't even, look, I want to take, I want to take the credit for it, man, I want to, but I ain't even, oh man, that was a good catch, that was a good catch, but it's, but yo, man, this dude, man, he, he, he's a fucking creep, man, like, this is the stuff that, yeah. that make people don't want to, you know, put their kids, some people don't like to put their kids on the internet because of like just right. people that are creeps out here. But like you never expect the situation where and and the saddest part about it, like, you know, listen, I feel terrible for Dylan and what Dylan had to go through. Um, I don't know if, if, if this is what Sonya wants. Maybe it is. Who knows? But I really feel bad. I, look, I feel bad for all parties involved, except for Woody. But Mia Farrow, though, like she she can never get in a relationship with another man like that again. Because now she feels partly responsible for bringing Woody around and he sexually mm-hmm. assaulted one of his daughters and just married her other daughter. So she don't even feel like she did say that like she has gone on dates with guys, but she was like, yo, I, I don't bring them home. Like, so like this woman is, I mean, God, what like in her seventies now. And it's like, she's never going to, you know, have the yeah. comfort of, of having, you know, a man in her life in that, in that capacity because of what Woody Allen did. And that's sad, yo. Bro, that's not, that's not odd to you. Like the the relationship that they had, yeah, that was I. Even even when she explained that thing where like they could see each other's they building and and like they would do this this light shit, you know what I'm saying? And I, before they before they bought yeah. the house in Connecticut, like I was like, yo, like that's weird. But but what also was weird was the fact that how much and how strongly he said mm-hmm. that he didn't want to be around the kids. But it's like soon as he started being around the kids, yeah. it was just like like he jumped in head first, dude. It was so it was so it was so crazy to me, like just listening. Cause like even when even when I like the, the first episode started and it started, you know, they they had Dylan talking or whatever, like even when she was acknowledging them at first. She acknowledged them as Mia and Woody. She didn't acknowledge them as mom and dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I felt like that was the, that was like weird off the gate because it didn't seem as if that was their daughter. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as you, as they, you know what I'm saying, continue to tell the story and give us more information, 
you start to realize well i started to realize like oh that's that's their child like i I thought that she was just somebody that you know was writing about him or something like that i didn't know like that was their child so like even even seeing you know what i'm saying like just the relate like you said just the relationship she had with the kids like her constantly adopting kids bringing kids in the house and you know them having the family that they had um which to me i thought was dope because you know like you said she was giving these kids an opportunity to live in a you know saying a, a place that they can get love and care and you know they don't have to live in um the situations that they were living in before you know so like she really created a safe haven for these kids and my thing was was that that part was okay you know she always spent time with the kids so the kids love everything like that that part was okay what struck me is i was like she went from this relationship with a guy who was always around who showed her love and and was was always around the kids to a relationship of a dude that was never around never around the kids um they were barely together you would only see them when it was time to shoot a movie or you would only see them when it was you know when they walk on the red carpet or anything like that like it didn't seem as if they were a couple or it didn't seem as if they were in a relationship. And then even more, like, it seemed like for the most part of this uh, documentary, she was just a single mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was just, to me, that, that relationship dynamic that they had was so odd because it was like one minute he's not around and then next minute he's popping up somewhat, but when he does pop up, it's like he's showing all of his attention to Dylan. Or, you know, every now and then he'll be, you know, sitting around Moses. But you never seen him around Sungi or um any of the kids before uh before they got together from the Previn guy. So it was like I don't know, man. It, for me it was just it was just so weird to see that kind of dynamic because it's just like how do how do you how do you get with this chick, right? You give her all these opportunities, you basically make her your girl and everything else. You know what I'm saying? You say you don't want to marry her, which that's not an odd thing. A lot of people don't want to get married. Um, but you know, she talked about how she wanna have a child and you like, yeah, I have a kid with you, but I mean like I ain't gonna take care of that motherfucker. It's just like that didn't that didn't ring nothing off in her. Like that's the thing yeah. that blew my mind. I'm like, that didn't ring nothing off in your head. Like he don't he don't even want to have a kid with you. Like he don't even want kids with you. He just want to be with you. Like he he's looking at it like shit. You can go. You obviously going out to get kids. Go get you one. So now that you know what I'm saying, she really wants to have one of her own, and you know she got this. And I think even her love for Woody Allen wasn't really love. It was just more so admiration. Like, you know, she was with, you know, Woody Allen, big, you know, the one of the most important figures of New York at the time. You know, so like dude said, it was, when you talk about New York at the time, it was the Statue of Liberty, and then it was Woody Allen. You know what I'm saying? Woody Allen was at one point bigger than the Yankees, bigger than the Knicks. 
So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you go about dealing with somebody like this to where, you know, y'all really not on the same level? You know what I'm saying? As far as Hollywood goes, like, he's really tears above you. But at the same time, you still Mia Farrow. You know what I'm saying? You you still are a, a, a A-grade actress. You know what I'm saying? You in that you in the VIP lane as far as actresses go and actors go. And then, you know, you put them together and, and it's like an early power cup or whatever. But it's like, to me, man, it was just so odd to see them paired up and then to, to hear how, you know, he wanted to be so distant from them. Because it's like, I mean, I get it, you know, with with their line of work. If that was, you know, if it was just because he was working, that's cool. But, like, this is something that he talked to her about and was like, yo, I don't want to raise the kids. I really don't want to be in the same house as the kids. I really don't even want them calling me dad. Like, how do you how do you connect with somebody like that? Like, what I... It that shit just blew my mind, man. And just to even hear that dynamic, that shit was just so weird, bro. No, what's weird is like the Ronan is actually his biological son, and yeah, he told him like, "Yo, I will take care of you financially. I will, you know, take care of your school, all this type stuff." If you just help me shut down the dealing in your yeah. mom stuff, it is just like, and look, Ronan is a real one. Like for like, yo, I make my own way. You know what I'm saying? Like I believe my sister, I believe mm-hmm. my mom, and I'm just ain't gonna fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And like he he went all the way in and like and started a journalism career off of basically just posting his sister's. I mean, like no, that's when his career like yeah. took off when he posted. You know, it's being in support of his sister. And mm-hmm. the thing with Dylan, man, that that we haven't stressed yet on this podcast was the fact of when they went back, because they, they, they made sure they referenced it in the fourth part, where her story was consistent when she was seven. This Every girl, like, time. Every time Every it was time. the same thing with with I think three it was like three or four different people she recited it, it, it was it was the, it was the that same was, and thing that was just in Connecticut yeah because when they got to New York New York was like they they shut that one black dude down like that dude got fired and everything but they ended up giving Man, him his job crazy. back crazy yeah like the power yeah. of this dude and like and like I said like he shut down Mia Farrow she couldn't even get no work anywhere. And she could only do work in like Sweden. You and know what I'm saying? He, like he told, <coughs> yeah. he, he told, told her on the phone. Time. He said, I'm gonna make sure you never get a job here again. Yeah. Like, and then that was that was so crazy. Like just to hear them, just to hear the way he talked on the phone, and he was, I guess he was taping the conversations or she was taping the conversations or whatever. They both, they and, both um, was taping. Okay. And then it was funny because you could tell that him taping the conversations, he was doing everything in his power not to um not to make yourself look guilty, basically. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like he he I mean like he would he was speaking short sentences. Uh he would only say certain things. He never really talked to her like he would before that situation. Mm-hmm. Cuz remember the first time she caught him doing it and they talked about it and this is when she was saying that yo, you know, I don't want to around her without somebody being around as well and she, and he was you know he was really talking to her and then once the allegations are happening and once they start getting in the public and everything else uh you know he start he just started getting calculated he was like you know she said well, well why are you doing this to me why are you uh why are you making it seem like I'm a bad mother you know I'm not a bad she was like you know I'm not a bad mother you know that in your heart and he was like yo once we get done with court, you know what I'm saying? You'll be you'll get your chance to prove, prove it. And I'm like, yeah. yo, this motherfucker is a fucking monster, bro. Like to to be able to and this is how I, this is this is how I know that when you're in these situations and you know, you hear these women talk about how you know, they're in these situations with men who would be like a abusive or men who are verbally abusive or just like they, how they quote it now, toxic relationships. You just really start to see like just how manipulative manipulative damn I was about to mess that up. I was about to mess <laughs> that up. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? You really see how manipulative um, that these people are. You know, you mm-hmm. see the just that how far these people will go to make themselves look innocent. You know what I'm saying? To make the other person look crazy. To make the other person seem as if, you know, oh, they just making this up. Or, oh, they're trying to coach such and such to make me look like, you know what I'm saying, this or, you know, um, you, you know, so like they, you know, just the fact that really, and it's crazy because he didn't even have to do it. It yeah. was it was just other people doing it for him. It is and that shit was just wild, bro. And the crazy part was like his little counter suit where he tried to uh, like take custody of only the three he liked. You know what I'm saying? Like he only wanted Dylan and Moses, and yeah. I, I think it was Ronan because I think Ronan is his. Satchel. Satchel. No. Nope. So it's like. Well, is Satchel is, is that is Satchel is Roman? I think he changed his name to Roman. Oh, okay. So it's like, but then we fucked him up. And, and dude, I'm guarantee. I guarantee you, if Mia Farrow wasn't smart enough to just, you know, she just recorded a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of home footage, and mm-hmm. she showed the footage of her. Asking Dylan, you know, like what happened? Yeah. And that there, like if she didn't have that, I guarantee you they would have gave Woody Allen those damn three kids. Oh my god. That that there. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead. Because I think that is what when that judge heard that, he was like, yo, this motherfucker is Mm -hmm. sick. And he don't yeah. need to be anywhere near these kids. Mm-hmm. And like, and then like, I think the only one was like you said, Satchel, but it was uh, like uh, supervised visits. 
you know, because yeah. they were just yeah. like, we, we don't think that you need to be around any kids. And yeah. if you are, we need to, you know, watch over you and supervise this thing. And and, and this is, he's a fucking creep, man. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, this dude, this dude is just, he's just a fucking creep. Like, it's, he even looks like one, to be honest, which I ain't even, I ain't even gonna front, I ain't gonna hold you. He looks like a fucking creep. Like, some of these people just gotta look, mm-hmm. man. He got it. He got it. I don't care how funny people think he is. Okay. I've never written a screenplay. Okay. And it's difficult. Like, I, I tried. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna say I'm done, but it's just like, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. But like I say, yo, ain't, ain't none of his movies move me, man. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I can't <laughs> give him this high praise when it's nothing that I've, that was, it's, you know, now that it's nothing that, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, man. It's, this dude's a creep. But you said I brought up a good point, what you had on it. So the videotapes, right? The the home videos where she had Dylan basically saying what happened and the same story that Dylan, you know, told the New Haven Institute and, and the, the people at in New York, the, the child services people in New York. Um remember when Mako was basically saying that he wasn't sure if they should go along with the case because he didn't want to put Dylan through that. And he didn't know if she would even testify, you know, so, or, or she would even cooperate, with, you know, te- being on the stand. My question was, why didn't they just use the tapes? You already used them in, 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 in the custody court. Mm-hmm. Why not use them and that use them as evidence for that trial? Because I feel like if they had the tapes, that was, to me, and I'm not sure exactly how that would work in the court, but to me, I just felt like that was more than enough evidence for them to use to say, okay, we can't really get her to testify, but this is what we have on tape. This is what she says, and and we can go off of that. And then when when they had the people examine it, they all said it like, no, she don't seem to be, there's no, you know, there's no evidence of coercion. It's not like he, she's being told what to do or she's being coached into what to do. If anything, you know, she's making maneuvers of, of stuff that, you know, should happen. Just like the lady from New York, when she was talking about, um, when they had, when they were asking her, she was doing certain gestures and, and using certain terms and things like that, that a seven-year-old shouldn't know about. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That the seven-year-old would have no idea of. And so it was just like, you had it. To me, I feel like they had enough evidence to be able to not have her on the stand, but be able to have something against him and charge him with. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that mm-hmm. was, I think that was the most disappointing part of this um, documentary was the fact that he didn't go through with it and charge Woody Allen and you know, when when you just to me, I felt like they just had so much evidence, and they didn't even they didn't even take that shot. I feel like that shot had to be taken. Yeah, and I get why they didn't. Um, 
I, I don't think I don't put it on Mako um, because, you know, when he explained what happened um, when he had her in the room and he said, you know, and he had a female. I don't know. If she was an officer or what, or what she was. But, you know, he was asking her about everything and she went along with it. Soon as he asked a question about Woody, like silence. So he explained right. like why he ended up doing it. And why he didn't like want to put her on the stand, and, and I get what you're saying why yeah. they didn't use those tapes, but I think that Woody, in, in place of her testimony, yeah, I, I think that Woody lawyers would have found a way to, you know what I'm saying, because he has some powerful lawyers. He, he had a lot of powerful people behind him, and they would have yeah. found a way to be like, yo, when, when have we ever used um, a, a home video where the the mom is the one doing the questioning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think that that would have went well in the court. Like, I see what you're saying, but I think that those high-priced lawyers would have found a way to throw that type of shit out. But right. what, what <clears throat> also sucks, um, I don't know how much more you got, but what also sucks is when that last movie he did, um, I think it was 2018, I think, and it wasn't yeah. released here, yeah. but it was only released overseas. No, 20, it was it was last year. It was last year. Tw- twenty-two million, my guy. This dude movie made twenty-two million and di- internationally and didn't make it to the United States. This is nuts, man. Nuts. But see, I I I, I looked at that as uh I looked at that as progress, right? That's you know that's um that lets you know how far we've come when it comes to situations like these. You know what I'm saying? I feel like when somebody has and I I'm I'm trying to be careful the way I put this because I think when somebody has those allegations, right? And in the court of law, even they've seen this evidence and they said that, you know, you don't need to be around your kids. Mm-hmm. To me, that's more than enough to be able to say this guy should not be supported. Because if mm-hmm. if if we go in the, if we go in the court over custody and you you started this and you lost, it's a reason you lost. You know what I mean? You tried to make, yeah. you know, you 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 tried to to bank on me and Pharaoh being crazy or me and Pharaoh being abusive or whatever, and that was what you kept trying to make the focus instead of, you know, and that's what everybody else went with as well. But the real focus was you incestually molesting your child and grooming, you know what I'm saying like. That's yeah, and then you groomed another one of your children. So, I mean, it's 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 just so it's so wild, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and like I said, it was so many early signs. Like, you know, me and Pharaoh seen when, like I said, the the whole face in the lap situation. Just like later on down the line, the mates in it. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't find her, and they somewhere up in the attic. Um, the, also the same way when Mia came over and, and seen the pictures of uh, of Sun Yi, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like, 
at this point, it's like you, you gotta, bro. You, I, don't, I don't know, man. Just me as a parent, and and I know you know something like a lot of people say. Well, you can't really say that because you don't know what you would do in that situation. I'm telling you what I would do in that situation. Me personally, I'd have stumped the mud hole in Woody Allen's ass. Not gonna lie to you. I don't give a fuck if we do weight the same. I know him and me and Pharaoh probably the same height, same weight. Good. I'm about to give you these motherfucking hands. Because one thing you won't be doing is putting my children in danger. As much as she loved them kids, as much as she gave them kids and everything else, it's, I don't know, man. It's just certain things you have to do to ensure the safety of your children. And I feel like, I know because at the, at the end of it, she had asked, um, she had asked Dylan, like, yo, are you mad at me? You know what I'm saying? For, for possibly, I mean, for right. not possibly stopping the situation before, you know, something even happened. And it's like, I get it, you know what I'm saying? They famous and they got stuff that they doing, blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, you try to, you know, you try to do your best to be there. But it's like, you you kind of knew what all this shit was about before it even got there. And I'm not going to lie. If my daughter tell me, yo, such and such did, did that, hey, I got to suit up and I got to go tear this motherfucker apart. Real quick. I'm sorry. I mean, you know. If I go to jail, you know I went to jail for a reason. But I got to tear this motherfucker apart. He got to know you'll never do this shit again. And I, I feel like that's some shit that that had to be done. I mean, she should have. To me, I feel like she should have been went to the authorities or the police or whoever and did something about that. She should have been went to court and said, "Hey, you know, this is what happened. You know, I, I don't give a fuck what the situation is. You got to do something." You know what I'm saying? For that, I feel I feel so, bro. I feel so sorry for her, bro, to be able to have to go that long knowing that <laughs> that this motherfucker really violated you, and there was nothing that you could do about it at the time, right? Because you a mm-hmm. child, you seven. But even then, you know, later on down the line, you know, you're an adult, and as she's talking about it, her hands are shaking, her her fucking teeth start chattering. Like yep. that's that's real fucking trauma. Just the fact that even you bringing it up, you know what I'm saying? You getting those same emotions. Like when her husband talked about, you know, they was, you know, they were playing or whatever, and you know, she get on her stomach and she just tensed up. It's like, God damn, like yo, like this this shit really ruined this woman's life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She talked about how well when they they showed when she was in high school. And you know, so she heard the girls, she heard other girls talking about, you know, the same shit we all talked about in high school, you know, hormones yeah. and raging. And she dumped her boyfriend because she knew that eventually, or she thought in her head eventually, he was going to want to do, you know, what I'm saying that. So, so mm-hmm. for her to avoid that, she dumped him. And she was like, "Yo, I was only, you know, with him for three weeks." And it's like, "Yo." he ruined so much in her life that, you know, she wasn't even able to really even live a normal life. Like she didn't even get to really enjoy the life of, of being a child of a, a star and, you know, being the, being Mia Farrow's child. She didn't even get to enjoy that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And 
just like it, you know, then have to turn around. Not only do you know, not only does your dad do that to you, but then like this nigga goes to marry your big sister. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of shit to happen to somebody. And she even said it like, yo, I was lying in therapy. She wasn't even being honest in therapy because that shit was that deep. So it's like, man, it's, it, that shit was heartbreaking, bro. I can't lie to you. That shit was heartbreaking. It was nuts, man. I yeah, mean, nuts. Man. And then, crazy. like the la- the last thing I got personally is like the song, the song Yee stuff. Like mm-hmm. for her to be, I think, I think, I think it was a a bus stop. I think, or so- yeah, I think her mom left her at a bus stop and told her she'll be back. Left her there at I believe eleven. And no, I think it was younger than that. Was it younger? It might have been younger than that. And it was just like, and then she was homeless for a while, just going around with these homeless people. And then, you know, me ended up adopting her. And it's just like, that's one of those things that I was saying earlier. Like, you feel like you're probably in, in debt to the person. And for you to turn on her in the situation that you was, you know what I'm saying? was left in and I remember her Mia saying she always was distant like she she wanted to let her know like I'm here for you like she was like when I go I would go do a movie she said I will only take her you know so so she would know like I won't abandon you and like for this person to to go and to the lengths that she went to show you I could be you know that mother that you can depend on that won't leave you the way your biological mother left you and to just get brainwashed by Woody and just just flip the script on her and then like even when this stuff came back when the Me Too movement was came around, Song Yi put out a statement you know, bashing me again and it's just you know you remember obviously you do Eddie Murphy, when he said that, uh, said, uh, when he, uh, he said, when I, when I met you, you were butt naked and, um, oh man, how, how the line go? Oh, you talking about Fufu? Yeah, Fufu. It's Eddie. He said he's going to get him an African bush chick. Yeah, African African bush bush chick. chick. don't know nothing about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. But anyway, and he was just like, when I met you, you was but me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what I you want? That I was that was that and that shit was hilarious. But anyway, like I, I bring that up. <laughs> I bring that I bring that up to say, like, yo, do you remember where you were? You know what I'm saying? And then, like, now, you know, I got a taste of this life, and, and this dude now brainwashed you, and you know, it, it's 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 a terrible situation. But it yeah. sucks that he never paid for his crimes, but he will pay for them bitches in hell. Definitely, man. Um, Man, man, man. 
Uh, just me personally, man, if you are listening to this and you have went through a similar situation or you are currently going through a situation, I know that it's easier said than done. I know that, you know, there's obstacles and things and, and people that can get in the way of, you know, you getting help. But please do your best to get some help. Please do your best to reach out to somebody. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's a dangerous situation. And, you know, sometimes even reaching out for help can be dangerous. But, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage and bravery to get out. And, you know, it takes even more courage and bravery to you know, deal with the situation and and heal from the situation once you've, you know, gotten out of that. But, you know, if I can say anything, you know, I know that it's not an easy thing, but if you can, even if you have to message me and say, hey, I need you to get my story out or whatever, feel free to, but please do your best, try to get some help because that's just not a situation anybody should be in. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not something that anybody should have to go through. When you when you, know, you got to deal with these type of people who, and, and I mean, the reality of it is they are insecure people. They are inferior people. You know, they don't, they don't have anything about themselves that they feel is good. So they somehow inflict abuse and damage on other people because they feel that way. And they really are the ones that need help. They really are the ones that need to be put through therapy and and need to have people, you know, to talk to and stuff like that because, you know, there's no telling why somebody is, you know, abusing somebody or harassing somebody or sexually assaulting somebody. Maybe it happened to them a long time ago or, you know, maybe they've seen it or whatever, but, you know what I'm saying? That shit comes from trauma in some sense. So, you know, if you are going through that, you get yourself some help. You don't worry about that person because that person may say that they love you and that person may say that they care for you, but if they really loved you and cared for you, you wouldn't be going through that. So, that's just, I wanted to say that real quick. But, um, yeah, man, uh, follow me on, I'm sorry, wait, 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 Snowfall. Episode six, next episode, um, it'll be, is this the week that's Thursday? Yes, yes. We're recording this one on Thursday this week. Okay. Okay, so cool. Thursday, man, Snowfall, episode six. We're getting to it. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a great one. Um, man, you know what I'm saying? This, this season has been giving us great, 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 you know what I'm saying? That's all that they've been giving us. Mm-hmm. I have not been disappointed with the episode yet. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Y'all stay tuned. Of course, make sure y'all hit us up Thursday. Um, if you need to hit me up, follow me on Twitter at Scooch Bronson, Instagram, Scooch Bronson underscore TV, YouTube is Scooch Bronson TV. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And when, if you need to know whenever we go live so you can catch us live and, and interact with us uh, during the show, make sure you hit that notification bell. Um, also, 
you can um, hit that subscribe button on the podcast if this is your first time listening. And if not, you know what I'm saying, thank you for your continued support. And last but not least, man, Viewers Anonymous Podcast Watch Group or the VA Podcast Watch Group on Facebook. Make sure you go there and join up. This is where you can get all the information on Viewers Anonymous. You can also get all the information on uh, my podcast and Esdai Foster's other podcast as well. Um, And that's just pretty much, man, that's our hub to go to. That's where where the Viewers Anonymous uh, community is. And, um, you know what I'm saying, you can send in some requests or you can you know, say, tell us how much you like it, how much you don't like it. You can even uh, request to be a guest on here too, man. So make sure you go there, add yourself in there so you know you can uh, get the first day on that joint. Yes, sir, man. And you can follow uh, me on s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter, um, the, the Stolen Time Pie on Instagram, the Stolen Time Podcast on facebook um if you want the visuals of my podcast the stolen time podcast or the 28 minutes or less all the visuals on youtube at the stolen time podcast network um i just put out uh, episode 40 of 28 minutes or less with the guy e carter um i appreciate him for jumping on he's from the he's the host of the first class podcast and the co-host of the C podcast. Uh, he came on, he had a bunch of football stories and other things about him getting in the magazine and starting in the podcast and the entrepreneurship, you know, beard cream, all that type stuff. Uh, I stole the time podcast will be coming out this week. Um, I got a guest that's on the way. Uh, also shout out to uncle Washington. He has some things done today. Hopefully it went well. Um, but you know, the podcasts are moving, man. So uh, check out all the content. That we putting out, and like he said, man, we coming to you this Thursday with um episode six of stolen of, Stol- of a snowfall. Can't wait for that. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it, man. We can't wait to watch it. Man, that shit gonna be crazy, bro. I can't wait either, man. So um, yeah, man. Once again, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. We definitely appreciate you guys. Till next episode, man. You know what I said in Hollywood. It's kind of weird to say that now, but um. Like they say, Hollywood, man, it's a wrap. Cut.